Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I hope everyone is having a great day. Hey, a special shout out to Yoshiko. Dart, Yoshiko, I know that you are saying hello, Joyce, back to me wherever you are. And you know I love you, Yoshiko. Now, okay, you know, 17 countries people from 17 different countries listen to this show, which is unbelievable. And, you know, from China, Japan, Saudi Arabia, I mean, so many. But I don't know what it is. I know you hear me talk about this Ireland on every show, but oh my goodness, Ireland rocks. I mean, I have so many listeners in Ireland. Um, What can I say? I'm going to call you the Irish Disability Champions. That's what I'm going to be calling you. You keep spreading that word out. I mean it. I just am so thrilled. Thank you so much. Thank all of you in the United States and around the world. And a very special thanks to Highmark. What a great, what a great company. Highmark has been our lead sponsor for several years now. Uh, They are so committed. David Holmberg, the CEO, Deb Rice Johnson, the president, Karen Hanlon, the COO. They are so committed to quality of life for people with disabilities. Thank you. And earlier this year, we had another sponsor, um, and that would be AudioEye, which they have a great software product for digital accessibility. So thank all of you very much. Now, I've got to tell you, this is, to me, one of the most powerful shows of the year. It really is. And it is also so meaningful and wonderful to me. And I know it will be to all of you. And that is when we talk about the winner of the 2018 Sam Miller Award, who is Jayla Youngblood with us today. So is Gerald Homey, the chair of the Bender Lead On team, and Jenny Emerson, Sam's mother. I just love this woman so much. Um, and I, actually, Jenny, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure to be here with you and an honor as well, Joyce. Um, you've been close to me and close to my son for so many years. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is my honor. And and Jenny, if you would, you know, we're going to be talking about the Sam Miller Award. And of course, as you mentioned, and as I mentioned, we Sam is your son. Uh, but if you don't mind, uh, let's talk about the Sam Miller story and how we got to where we are today. Okay. Well, uh, throughout his life, Sam loved music and art. It was something really important to him. He was an active guy all of his life. And at the age of seven, he was diagnosed with epilepsy. And that changed how his peers interacted with him. And bullying became a part of his life. Uh, Even though uh, some of the leaders around him tried to explain, and I tried to explain to the young people around him, that um, he was still Sam. And Sam tried to explain to the, excuse me, the parents of these young people, kids that he had known all of his life, um, that he was still Sam. He was the same kid. Uh, He was still tremendously bullied. And uh, this went on through 
a good portion through the rest of his life, even in college. Um, and as well as epilepsy, he went on with anxiety, severe depression, and eventually a diagnosis of schizophrenia. And uh, we tried not to make this to be all of his uh, character and life, the diagnosis that he collected. He was still Sam. He was uh, gifted in gymnastics. And as I said, he loved music. Um, He was a worship guitar player uh, as a teenager in uh, one of the churches that we attended. He loved working with young people, especially young people that struggled. He reached out to people um, when he was hospitalized, even at his deepest struggles. He was reaching out to other people. And he turned me into an advocate at the age of 10. He turned to me and said, Mom, you've always told me, good or bad, God uses things in our lives. Prove it. And that's how we became involved in the Epilepsy Foundation. And that's how we met Tony Coelho. And Tony became a very important person in our lives and in Sam's life. And that's how we met you, Joyce. And uh, after several suicide attempts, uh, we lost Sam seven years ago. Uh, He felt that he would never get past the severe depression and other things in his life. And on his last day, he reached out to one of his friends, telling that friend all the things that the friend needed to do. Sam knew what to do, but he had trouble reaching out for the help that he needed. If I may ask always you. reaching out to others. Yes. Uh, Jenny, I, I mean, I hate to ask you this, and I know our listeners will not believe how terrible people can be, but would you mind sharing with our listeners uh, the story you told me of what those kids that bullied Sam, what they said to him? Well, one of the things early on that they were saying is um, they they would throw balls at his head and say, come on, we want to see you spaz out in front of us. We want to see a seizure. And after one of his suicide attempts, um, the early on, a young man that was a, a leader, a, a teen leader, said, um, next time you want to kill yourself, let me show you the right way to slit your wrist. I got to tell you, the first time that you told me that, oh, my God, it's still horrifying to hear. Yeah. And this continued with other people. It continued with other people. Um, As I said, there were leaders that tried educating, and we tried educating, and some people did come around and stopped that behavior. There were some that just didn't, and that's why I'm still such a strong advocate. I, I still believe that the ignorance needs to be stopped, and that's the only way that we're going to um, get ahead of what bullies do. I, I still believe that bullies are often bullied themselves or there's something inside of them that is broken, that they want to feel the power that bullying gives them. And, and you know what? I know if you're listening to this show, you're thinking, oh, my God. But I want to tell you, kids with disabilities are bullied more than any other group in the United States. And what Sam endured was horrifying. I mean, it really was. And I had the great joy of meeting Sam, and I loved Sam. You know, he 
came to hear me speak and he went to the National Epilepsy Walk and, you know, so many other things and I got to spend time with him. Uh, and I really, I loved Sam. That's why I was so absolutely devastated when uh, Jenny called me and told me what had happened. But when I think about how wonderful he was, it's just such a waste of of what all of this culminated in. But I want to mention, because I mentioned Yoshiko Dart, who is uh, the widow of Justin, the great, great Justin Dart, a legend internationally, around the world, in the disability community. Yoshiko met him. Yoshiko... Is it Yoshiko that gave him that jacket, Jenny? Yes. Yes? Yes. Um, And Yoshiko loved him. I know she's listening right now, so she knows. Uh, She she knows what what he went through. But I I just am so overwhelmed. And Gerald, I'm going to move on to you as the chair of the Bender Lead On team. Well, Gerald... Even hearing this, I, I, I know you've heard this story before, but I'm sure it just has such a powerful impact on you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I, I kind of remember the day when we got the news and I, just the what we've seen people go through, you know, Sam, others, and, you know, the bullying that's out there is, is, is horrific, what uh, and especially for people, for young people with disabilities, uh, it's just, it, it, it's never, uh, hearing all about it, no matter how many times, never ceases to to get a reaction from me. Yeah, I know. Me too. Um, and Gerald also had met Sam and knew Sam. Um, and But every, just as Gerald said, I've heard this so many times. Every time I hear that story, when I think of this wonderful young boy, that people would even say this to him is just horrifying. Um, and, and Gerald, Sam, I know Sam also meant a lot to you, as I just said. But first, how about if you tell our listeners what the Bender Lead On team is. And by the way, Gerald works for me, Gerald Homey. He is so awesome. He's in our talent programs group, but he volunteered years ago and also became the chair of the Bender Lead On team. Would you mind explaining that to our listeners, Gerald? Sure. So the Bender Lead On team was um, created, the idea was to combat cyberbullying. At the time when it was created, cyberbullying was really starting to, to build up, and that cyberbullying is when um, you use social media or technology or some way to, to bully somebody um, through, for example, sending horrible text messages to someone, creating posts in a public forum like Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter uh, saying, horrible things about people, and it was creating this culture where um, people would leave school, go home, and it used to be that you would go home, be in the safety of your home, but now you would go home and all of this would continue to follow you into your own home. And we wanted to create a, a way to combat that by creating a place that, in that same medium that was positive, that gave uh, uh, support to people that would go through this, a place where you could go to using those same tools when you were facing this to find support, connect with other people that have gone through similar situations, um, learn about what, how to handle it, uh, all these that types of things. And, uh, you know, so it started out as just you know the, this Facebook page, and now we've got hundreds and hundreds of people uh, that participate in this, from huge disability leaders to 
individuals within, you know, entertainment to tons of young people with disabilities that are fantastic throughout the country that all connect on social media, and it provides a place for if anybody is going through a problem with, related to bullying or other issues around that, they can connect there and find support or find opportunity to help other individuals with disabilities in their community. It's become such a, a great support. So that was the, the idea behind it, and you know we've seen a lot of really great success in helping young people through this uh, tool of social media. Gerald, when you were talking about you know the social media part, uh, and, and how people can now reach out. I am sure that has such an impact on a young person with a disability when they can share on uh, the Bender Lead On team page on Facebook, hey, I'm being bullied, uh, they're giving me a hard time on Facebook, and all of a sudden people come out and say, you know, hey, girl, I'm here for you. That happened to me also because I, I think that many high school students and young people with disabilities believe that they're all by themselves. Do you think that? Oh, yeah, I think so, too. I think definitely many young people in general, when you when you face bullying, you feel as if this is some problem that only affects you, and you got to deal with it on your own and overcome, and don't bother anybody else with it, which is the, the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, uh, there are tons of people that not only are willing to help you, but it is something that if you don't seek out assistance with, you know, working through, even if it doesn't mean retribution for the person who is doing the bullying, but just how you are personally dealing with the issues that you are facing. Um, you know, it can be a very slippery slope because that can cause some, you know, negative thoughts and problems that you will de- definitely need to deal with. Right. And before we move on, Gerald, once again, how do you join and get on that uh, Bender Lead On team page? Uh, all you need to do is find us on Facebook. That's our hugest platform is go to Facebook and search for the Bender Lead On team and a request to join. That will go to me directly, and I'll welcome you to the team. Um, and if you are looking for other ways to get connected um, as well, you can look on our website. There is a form on www.benderconsult.com where you can join the Bender Lead On team there as well. All right. Now, if you're listening to this show, I hope you do that. And hey, if you're a supporter and you're older, adult, no matter who you are, you join also because you can also be a support for people on there, just as Jenny has been. Well, here we go. Now to the star of the show, Jayla Youngblood. We are so excited to have you with us. And we are so proud of you that you were named as the Sam Miller Award winner. And by the way, she gave a unbelievably powerful uh, speech at the Bender Family Picnic that has over 200 people that attend and that uh, Tony Quello, author of the ADA, of course, comes to the event. Uh, and, you know, Jayla was just absolutely uh, phenomenal. So, Jayla, tell us, in your life, what do you think got you there? I mean, what do you think led you that you received this award? I feel as though um, I was honestly an advocate before I heard Sam's story, but after I heard his story, it impacted me to be more of an advocate than I was in the past. So, like, Usually, I used to just say to people, like, you know, stop messing with people or something like that. But actually, when I heard Sam's story, it became more and more powerful for me to be able to make sure that my peers were not being bullied. And also speaking to people that are being bullied, because most of the time, they don't want to speak out about being bullied. 
in fear of people making fun of them for being bullied or just like people could feel like, okay, well, if I tell her I'm being bullied, she's going to look at me as a weak person. When really they're the strong people. That's right. That's right. I I agree with you. And I'm so overwhelmed the impact that that had on you. And Jenny, isn't that amazing? That's so well said. That's just, that's amazingly well said. And one uh, statistic that I saw is that if bystanders will speak up, bullying can stop within 10 seconds, 57% of the time. Wow. And I think so often young people are just afraid to step up. And that's right. just the opposite is true. Yeah, and Jenny, how about how Sam's story impacted her? And and yeah, just uh, I I just can't say enough about how um, impressed I was with Jayla and the powerful message that she gave at the uh, Bender family picnic, and uh, how Sam has impacted you. It just is so touching to my heart, and I thank you. Well, Jayla, uh, we are so excited about all of this. Uh, And once again, Jayla Youngblood was this year's Sam Miller Award winner, uh, which is a prestigious award that she received. Would you tell us... uh, what does this award mean to you, Jayla, and and how did that make you feel? The award made me so proud. Honestly, the first time that I heard about the award, I came home and I told my grandma with a big smile on my face. And I was just like, I told her Sam's story. And I was like, you know, I hope I win this award because I want to be able to feel as though like I accomplished something being able to honor somebody so great and that had such a wonderful personality, even though I never got to meet him. But like I said, he sounds so wonderful and sounds like he had a beautiful spirit. So I was very proud to win the award. Yeah. How did you feel when you went up there and gave that, uh, I should say, recited that powerful poem. How did you feel then? I I honestly felt, at first I was a little nervous. Like, I was like, what if they don't like my poem? But then I was like, I know people are going to love it. It corresponds to the story very well. And it's sincere. Like, it's not just in his case, but in everybody's case. I'm pretty sure everybody there understood the poem and felt where I was coming from when I recited my poem. Tell them the name of the poem, Jayla. The poem is called Label. Now, can you tell them just a few lines from that? Yes, yes, I can. It starts off to say, I am not a label. You do not define me. I'm not ADHD or any of the disorders that you use to describe me. I refuse your directions. I think outside the box. I do what I have to just to make it to the top. I fight for my freedom and I fight for my rights. I refuse to follow your lead because at the end of the day, what is that doing for me? Now, I won't bite my tongue nor decide to go meet because I control me and I refuse to let you. I'm a strong-minded person. I refuse to be weak. I'm going to better myself. Just wait and you'll see. I'm a diamond in a rough. I'm a work in progress. So now I'm not any of the things you describe me as. I'm not the image that you paint in your head of me. I am not a label. I am not a symptom. I am not a sickness. So please quit trying to tell the story of my life unless you fight the battles that I fight and know how it feels to be me. Because at the end of the day, I am the author of my own story, and I get to declare who I am. Wow. You know what? Every time I hear this poem, I'm just so overwhelmed. 
And you got to get that. You've got to copyright that, Jayla, mm. because I could see that in uh, posters. I, I mean, I could see that in so many places. I think that is so awesome. Uh, Jenny and Gerald, Jenny, you first. What do you think about that poem? That is just such an amazing poem. I was just so amazed and touched when you read that. And again today, that I agree with Joyce. You need to copyright that. How about you, Gerald? Yeah, I, I agree one hundred. Yeah, it's really well, really great poem, Jayla. You have a, a real talent there for for writing as well. So I'm. I can't wait to see what else you come up with, too. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's just one of many. She's just getting going. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, yes. Um, Jenny, you're still in continue to be an advocate. You know, Jenny Emerson is one of these people that she has gone through such a trauma, so, something very few people would be able to overcome, and look what she's doing. Look what she's doing. Jenny, what are you doing right now? I work for uh, Youth Mobile Crisis in Behavioral Health and Suicide Prevention, and I use Sam's story in edited form every week. Um, But Sam and I were using what he was going through while he was alive, and I feel that it's vital to continue doing that um, after losing him. And I feel that this is how I'm honoring him and his life. And it's more about how he lived and what he did while he was alive than how he died. Yeah. So so tell me, like, what, what are some of the things you've done and some of your accomplishments, Jenny? Well, I work with families and children age, uh, it's technically ages zero to two. We haven't had many infants, but uh, I work with families who are in crisis situations and trying to give them some stability and um, finding what's most appropriate to them. So if there's an individual, uh, especially a teenager who's hearing voices, I will tell them that I have a son who hears voices. So they don't feel isolated and alone. They know that I'm familiar with this. And I don't talk about Sam as no longer with us because it would turn the attention to me rather than them. And uh, when I'm talking to the family, I talk about having had have a son that, that has been hospitalized many times. So they understand that they're with somebody who understands what they're going through in the crisis, even if it's not identical. And this is helpful to them to um, know what they're going through is similar. And so using Sam's story in in different bits and pieces, and uh, we did this with the Epilepsy Foundation for many years, and Sam especially... Uh, became keyed in with using his depression uh, later on and not just the epilepsy. Um, and so that's what I do. And I use, uh, I also have epilepsy as well as depression and anxiety. So I'll also talk about my piece with people and the different pieces. And I feel it's very important to, to speak about being a person with these different things, but I use it in a medical piece as well. I've studied neurology for a long time, and I tell people, your brain is an organ in your body, and you're gonna, you need to treat that like you would treat your lungs, um, any other organ in your body. And people seem to be more willing to treat any other organ immediately and rush to the hospital or the right doctor, but they're more reluctant to treat their brain. But when I put it in a medical spin, they're more more willing to see that they need to treat mental health. Well, Jenny, there aren't a lot of people, as I said before, 
that would be able to, you know, pick themselves up and say, okay, now I'm going to give back. Uh, and, and that is what just so impresses me about you. It really does. So uh, that doesn't surprise me that you're even doing more than you did before. Uh, and Gerald, you know, we were talking about bullying and you know what that's like because of you, what you went through in your own life. So for all of the listeners throughout the world, would you mind sharing your story? Yeah, so uh, I am living with multiple learning disabilities, uh, dysgraphia and dyslexia, and had a awful time in school dealing with with bullying. I was bullied from elementary school uh, onwards because uh, I had to be put and given quote-unquote special treatment, or other words, provided an accommodation for my disability in the classroom, which gave students a target to to pick on me. Um, So I had a, a really hard time Keeping friends, I uh, had many friends that determined, decided one day they wanted to be cool, and the way that, that to do that was to uh, pick on me in public uh, so that they could get into it, the cool crowd instead of sp- uh, spending time with me. Uh, had actually issues with um, staff members that didn't understand my disability um, because it's a, a dysgraphia is lesser diagnosed and not as common as dyslexia. Um, so they just decided that I was lazy and it wasn't that I actually needed help, uh, which made it really hard to legitimize what I was going through with um, the bullies and the, the way I was treated. Uh, being called names, um, being attacked physically, all, all the types of things that you can think of that come with uh, bullying. Um, and uh, it got to the point uh, all the way through uh, middle school, continued, and then on into high school as well. Um, and I made the mistake of uh, talking about what I said not to do earlier, which was uh, keeping it all to myself. Um, acting like this was something that I needed to handle on my own. So I didn't tell my parents about it. I didn't really go to teachers about it uh, as terms of handling a major issue. Every once in a while, I would bring up a specific event that happened, um, but then it would not really get resolved. Um, And uh, in my junior year of uh, high school, I, uh, I attempted to take my own life. Uh, luckily, it was not successful uh, and uh, still here today. Uh, but uh, some point after that, um, I uh, went through the realization that um, regardless of what other people were saying to me, I had to decide the kind of person I was because if you know, I'm letting the, what people are saying to me affect me, that means I'm agreeing with what, what they're saying. Um, and I need to decide that my life's going to be good no matter what, and it's only going to be that way because I choose to make it that way. So I made up my mind that I was going to have a great life um, and uh, made up my mind that I was going to be happy and go after the things I want, that I was worth something, that I was special, and there was a lot that I could accomplish and uh, turn things around for myself, um, pick myself back up and put things back together and uh here I am today. And here you are today, helping other people, Gerald. And, you know, as I mentioned, Ireland and the UK and other parts of the world, I'm sure that there are young people around the world that go through the same thing. Because when I went to uh, Kazakhstan, you know, I heard stories of how people were were just treated terribly when they had a disability. As I said earlier, young people with disabilities, high school students are bullied more than any other group. So, Gerald, thank you so much for sharing that story. Uh, I just feel that is such an impact you are having on so many people. So thank you very much. Sure. So I have a question, and I'm going to ask 
each of you this question, but I'm actually starting with Jayla. Um, so Jayla, you've heard now Gerald's story, and you heard uh, uh, you know, Sam's story, and of course your own story and knowing other people that you went to school with. But my question is, why do you think kids with disabilities are so bullied? I feel as though people with disabilities are bullied more because people don't understand. They feel as though, like, the person is different because they have a disability when really everybody's equal. Like, the same disability that somebody may have, you might end up being affected with it sooner or later in life. And then once they actually are diagnosed with something, they're like, oh, so... I'm still normal. Like, this is what it feels like to have this. Nothing changed. I'm still me. I'm still a regular person. I still deserve to be treated like everybody else. Most people just don't realize that they're often looking at the label, the diagnosis, reading up on it just to find a reason to make fun of it, you know. So I feel as though people just bully people with disabilities because they feel as though they're different. Yeah, do you think that possibly in their mind that makes them feel more powerful or cool or whatever you want to say? Um, Sometimes I feel like people feel more powerful or like they're being funny for their peers and their peers like them more. When really it's such just such a terrible thing, it's not anything to be proud of. It's pathetic. Like, you don't get no type of points for bullying somebody who doesn't want to defend themselves, can't defend themselves, or just because they have a disability that they cannot control. Like, Right. I agree with you. How about you, Gerald? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that... Uh, you have many different situations. I think number one, uh, a lot in the culture in schools, um, bullying somebody else gets encouraged by peers. I know that's something I saw where if you made fun of somebody, uh, people's response around you oftentimes were to to laugh, um, and you know at that per at the other person's expense. So pe- when people participated in those acts, they got immediate positive reinforcement from their peers, and that made them want to continue to do that and others to to join in on it. Like I, like I said, for me, uh, people made fun of me, and it was kind of a, a gateway to hanging out with the, who were considered the cool kids. Uh, you know, at the school at that time, I think I think there's a number of different factors, but I definitely think that when people do that, they feel like they're getting positive attention from their peers uh, for doing it, and they they feel good because they're getting that reinforcement from the people around them. Right, and uh, and and it's so terrible because people that succumb to this, young people like Sam. You know, they could uh, take their life by suicide, and and people have. I mean, we already know that in addition to Sam, we know of other people that as a result of this uh, have taken their own life. How about you, uh, Jenny? What do you think? Why do you think kids with disabilities are bullied more than any other protected class group? And I think both Gerald and Jayla have said it so so well. I think fear can also enter into it, and the fear comes from ignorance because um, just the the disabilities, and that there's so many different disabilities, both uh, invisible and visible, and once uh, knowledge is, enters in, then the, the, uh, the fear and the, the ignorance and the the laughter factor can be taken away, but that can be hard to get through with a bully. Um, and sometimes the the bully 
uh, is doing the bullying in secret, and that makes things a lot more complicated. And some of this we've talked about is through social media and sometimes even in school. Um, the bully knows how to bully when nobody's looking, and that makes things so much more difficult. And as far as people with disabilities being targeted more often, I think um, it's because they're vulnerable. They're, they're just um, far easier to target for a variety of reasons. Um, they uh, have different um, weaknesses, uh, not because they are weak inherently because of their disability, but they just um, are, as we've mentioned, they have uh, differences than the general population in the school. They don't always realize they're being bullied. They might think that this person is really their friend when they're not, and the, the bully will play on these things. And um, that makes it especially difficult and devastating when they find out that uh, this person is not being their friend. And um, Sam had a lot of that going on at times. And other people do, too, all the time. And um, this type needs to be um, watched especially. And there, there are a couple of websites I want to share. Um, Pacer. Org, P-A-C-E-R, is especially good for people with disabilities and their caregivers to uh, check out for some assistance. <clears throat> is there another one you wanted to uh, give out, Jenny, or was that it? Yes. Stop, stopbullying.org is another Stopbullying.org. Stopbullying.org. Yeah. Okay, stopbullying.org. Uh, I have a couple other questions. Jayla, what, what do you think is the power of social media? In other words, Facebook, Twitter, texting, whatever it is. When people are saying, we'll say, for example, to a young girl, you're ugly, you're weird, you shouldn't be here. And the person has to hear that over and over and over. And when they go home, maybe, you know, people texting them over and over. What do you think that does to someone? I think it could really break a person down. I honestly feel as though social media is just ridiculous. Like, many people can be, who you can be whoever you want to be on social media, you know? Like, some people get on social media and lie about their life. So a person on social media might have thousands and thousands of followers, but now they feel as though they have to target you and pick on you. So their followers can still think that they're cool and they're trendy and all that. When really it's not cool, it can break somebody down mentally and physically to the point they might want to commit suicide when they get home and they're reading all these nasty inbox, text messages, nasty posts on our timeline. It's just so many things. And I've actually witnessed people get bullied on the Internet, but not directly getting bullied. Like, I see some people on the Internet, like, fat shaming, body shaming and stuff. And, like, when people try to speak up about the things that are being shamed on the Internet, then they often have people pick on them for speaking up about it. Wow. Hey, Gerald, what about you? What do you think is the uh, power? Because, you know, if you're listening to this show right now, I just want you all to realize when you do this to someone, you know, if something happens, it's on you. And once you put something out there, it's out there. Uh, Gerald, what, what do you think about the power Sadly, the negative power with social media. Uh, it, can, it can be very negative uh, it can be, and very powerful. Um, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of things about it. One, when something go, gets posted on the Internet, it's there forever. Um, so when you go find, when you see this post that's negative about you, 
it's not just that one time you see it. You may see it every single time you go on that your your personal social media page for a long time. You know, ten years later, you might be scrolling through, you know, your past of what's happened on social media. You run into it again. Uh, it can have very long-lasting impact. Not only that. But then everyone sees it. I mean, when someone says something mean to you at school or or bullies you in a public place, that's bad, too. But there's a limited number of people around you to see it, whereas online, uh, the ability for it to spread quickly uh, and for people to participate in it, too, because it's a lot easier to type something and say it online than it is to say it to someone's face. And, uh, you know, it makes it a breeding ground for, for negativity. Um, it's, the Internet's a very powerful tool, um, and you can use it for, for good or you can use it, you know, for, to cause harm. Um, and you have to choose which way you would like to use that tool. Right, and this covers uh, Snapchat, uh, texting, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I know there are other forms of social media, uh, but don't do it. Don't do it. And and if someone is doing that to you, by the way, like on Facebook, you can report them. You can report them. But that brings me to a very important point. Uh, And Jenny, do you not agree if someone is being bullied terribly at school that they need to tell someone absolutely they need to speak up they need to to, um, get to guidance or someone that they trust and reach out for help right away don't stay silent this is not the time to stay silent even if they talk to a trusted friend because often we see individuals in my organization because a friend reached out and then that friend talked to guidance and help was gotten for them. If you're on Facebook and you see this kind of thing going on, as Joyce said, report it. There's a crisis report down on the left-hand side in Facebook um, to get help. And uh, now with the live Facebook feed, there's been suicides that have been videoed, and, and this just needs to stop right away. Um Samaritan's Hope is a way to reach out if people are feeling very uh, overwhelmed by this kind of thing and there's somebody uh, just a phone call away um, that's uh, confidential. The National Suicide Hotline is another and they can reach, they can let you know who in your area that can offer you some help. And you could be that person that actually saves someone's life by being that trusted friend. Once again, if you're in school, I know what you're thinking. I'm not going to tell. There will be retaliation. Well, here's what you do. You talk to a minister. If you can't talk to a teacher that you trust, you talk to the guidance. If you can't talk to the guidance counselor, talk to your coach, Your uh, whether it's gymnastics or football, Um or your own parents, or well, absolutely, you should tell your parents. But if for some reason you can't, uh, I don't care if it's grandmother, I don't care if it's uh, minister, rabbi, you must tell some someone. And you know, when people say, "Oh, I don't want to do that," look what'll happen. I say, "Well, you know what? It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop, no matter what." Uh, so, so please listen, Jenny. Before we go, what what has been your proudest accomplishment over the past year? My proudest accomplishment is that, uh, and I don't know how many lives, but there's been many suicidal people that I've been able to obtain help for, and there's been many more that I've been able to um, talk and see the light go on in their in their face because they know that they have help and they have people that uh, they have somebody that understands 
and that warms my heart. And I, um, another oh my God, Jenny, that's that I powerful. have a new grandson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Um, well, hey, before we end the show, and Jenny, uh, Gerald, Jayla, thank you so much for being with, with us today. And if you heard this show and you say, oh, I wish I wish my child or a friend or someone else would have heard this show, you know what you do? The shows are archived on demand. So, you know, you go, go get them, get them from Apple, from iTunes, but you make sure you tell someone else about the show. So, Jayla, what message do you have for our listeners today? Do not be silent. Always tell somebody around you. And I'm always a huge support if need be. You can contact me, jayla.youngblood at gmail.com. And that's J-A-Y-L-A dot Y-O-U-N-G-B-L-O-O-D at gmail.com. Well, how about that? You know, and Jayla, you got to get on the Bender Lead On Team page so we can acknowledge you for the great things you've done. And that way, people can also find you there. So we will end every show with a quote, and oh my God, I love this quote so much. And it, it so fits what we're talking about today. And it is a quote from William Wilberforce, who was in the, uh, you know, before slavery was abolished in England, he was the person that started all of this. And he lived in the late 17, let's see, the late 1700s, uh, and he is such a great man, and his quote is, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again that you did not know. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We will talk to you again next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.